Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the sexy voice, legendary Randy Erickson, getting over a little cold thingy, feeling much better. Hey, and I think it sounds good, so it's a treat for you. Today's guest, this week's guest, is Denise Mast, who is the uh, czar, I'll say, of... Uh, Naira, the New York Adventure Racing Association, which I think is one of the largest adventure racing organizations in the country. You may feel free to send me messages to tell me different, but um, somewhere over 400 paid members. But um, Denise has uh, done a lot for the sport and was kind of fun to talk to. So I will also say that this is part one of a one-and-a-half-parter, and you will have to stay tuned till next week to find out what that means. Let's see news from the front. Um, I am a new brand ambassador for Bamboo Thermix, which is a base layer company. Um, my, my new base layers are coming shortly. I'm kind of excited. They are a 60 plus percent bamboo with merino wool and just a touch of spandex to keep them uh, looking shapely. So I will be wearing the hell out of those and letting you know how nice they are. Um, the nice thing with the program is that um, you will be able to be my friend and I can get you they basically a pro deal on them so I will be talking more about that in the future and I think most of you know if you've ever seen a picture of me I'm also a brand ambassador for Barkies which is a superior headgear neck gaiter company here in the US run by some good friends of ours and uh, we'll have a little announcement sort of relating to that but not uh directly coming up soon so be watching for that um i think that's about it for this week had some nice days and some cold days so i've been working on a couple of film things and um you know sending out emails saying please please can i come can i come do your race can i come take care of going to come take care of all your media needs um, so we'll see what happens it is only the end of February let's see one week from tonight will be the start of daylight savings yay so you know what we say go fast take chances and enjoy the podcast Hello. hi Denise that you it is yeah technology works again how great <laughs> I do yeah. love it. Better than the paper cups and string thing that you used to use. Um, yeah. Do you actually ever watch or read Dilbert, the cartoon? I can't say that I have. No. they just been doing a thing about the uh, whoever the non-technology non people, he went and cut their string that was hacking them. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. so love it. Love it. It is. Um, okay. Let's. Let's do this the traditional way. Why don't you tell people who you are and what you do? 
I am Denise Mask, and I am president of New York Adventure Racing Association, and uh, have been so for the last 10 years. It's flown by. I was just looking at that myself and said, gosh, it was 2005 when I started. So, yeah. Um, and Naira is, it's a, it's a couple of things. It's a club, it's a race organization, and it's a team. And we're based, obviously, in the East Coast, but you'll find Naira members uh, racing throughout the U.S. and also internationally. So, yeah, I was going to say, uh, there's several of you in Colorado. Yes, we are, <laughs> myself included now. I'm a, I'm a recent transplant, and uh, I feel like we're starting this, this Colorado chapter and that we have um, both the fortunate and unfortunate name of New York Adventure Racing Association um, because we seem to be branching out west. But uh, that's all right. We're, we're happy to spread the word, and, and we love that we're Naira. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, how much – when you were in New York, you did probably did everything by email and phone and stuff. So it's not that's, that And that's exactly change. it. That's exactly it. So so my job is mainly – you know, I'm, I'm the – the behind-the-scenes person, and then um, for, for our race directors, course designers, you know, they're the ones that are on the ground, yeah. so I don't need to be in, in the woods all the time, and, and I do try to go back for events, um, but for those folks that are, are race directors, they're there, they're the ones filling me in what's going on, and, and I handle behind-the-scenes details. Yeah. So, how big is Naira? <laughs> so, Naira is, we've got about 400 um, paid members for, for our group. Um, as as we grow, I mean, right now we've got about 1,500, a little over 1,500 on our Facebook group, uh, same with our Yahoo group. So there's there's an extension of our group that's out there um, in terms of, you know, who is Naira. It's, it's kind of spread out so wide right now, it's just really hard to grasp. Um, but like I said, like about 400 paid members, um, and, and those folks are the ones that are really more at the core of racing with our, our group in, in the East. But then we're finding that we're getting, you know, more of an outreach of people throughout the U.S. now. Yeah. Why, my impression, I think this is right, why are there big groups, big teams in the East Coast and they're really – isn't when you get out west? Any you know, I I really it's <laughs> such a good question. I I really don't know why that is. Um, you know, it's it's mind boggling because there's so many active people in the West. I mean, here we are in Colorado, where you know it just seems like everybody's a mountain biker, everybody's trail running. Um, you have orienteers, you've got all the you know, and people that are into paddling, you've got all the elements, mm -hmm. but it just doesn't seem like it's nearly as big as it is on the East Coast. And, you know, it used to be bigger also in California, and we're not seeing a big active community there either. I, I really don't have the answer. <laughs> um, I wish I did, but uh, it just seems like it's just numbers have just dwindled in the West for some reason. Um, you know, and I think that being in Colorado now, I'd love to help rekindle <laughs> or, you know, reignite yeah. the spark uh, of the sport out here because it just seems like, gosh, we're in like the most perfect environment and, and there's so much out here to, to explore and what great, great places to have races. And 
I, I just don't understand, you know, why, why it's just not huge. But, hey, maybe that's what's brought me out here. Well, maybe that's it. You know, all those, all those people going west are individualists, and they don't want to, they don't want to be no team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's so much fun as a team. Yeah. Well, and, and I would suspect, and it's chicken and egg, but, you know, there's got to be, you, you probably can race just about every week on the East Coast. Well, maybe not that much. Uh, used to be, but I think, yeah. you know, we're it's a little more, you know, concentrated now. We've got our good friend um, from Gold Adventure Racing in the, the Philly area, mm-hmm. um, Odyssey in, in Virginia. Um, we got Tumara up in, in Vermont. You know, there's there's definitely still some, like, great race organizations yeah. um, putting on some amazing events. But, uh, you know, it just seems like a lot of them have kind of come and gone and, you know, we're proud to still be standing and, and putting on great events, but uh, we'd love to see some more out there for sure. Yeah. Do you think that, and I, I, this is my, what I look at is the, the races that there are, are really good. And do you think it's kind of maybe been a little burnout, but the races that are still around are just, are getting better? I think they have to get better um, because, you know, it's the people that do these events, they put a lot of time and effort and, and money <laughs> into yeah. adventure racing. And and I think just the nature of a person who calls himself an adventure racer is someone that's, you know, they expect a lot. You can't put on a, a substandard event and expect for people to come back. Word gets out. Um they know <laughs> your reputation is uh, as a race organization is really built upon you know your every event being good and that your controls are in the right place and that it's just well organized from beginning to end. Um, you're just not going to survive if that's not the case. So quality has to be of the utmost importance. Yeah, well, I agree. So <laughs> here's something that I'm interested in. So Naira's is uh, are you basically a volunteer organization? I mean, is that or it's yes, not really? Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. So no, we're we're all volunteer. Okay. <laughs> all of us. Which, what do you think is going to be the model that survives, or do you think both will? The volunteer organization or somebody like Rev Three that it's a business. You know, with the Rev Three model, I mean, they're doing a great job. They're doing you know amazing races. Um, and and I think, you know, with that model, it's it seems to be working for them. And, you know, for us, it's uh, it's worked because those of us that are behind the scenes and doing the race direction, we all have jobs and yeah. lives and families. And it just it doesn't make sense for us. We just don't have um, we don't make the money mm-hmm. <laughs> from our events to, to really um, you know, pay everybody and, and do that. We're really into it because we love the sport. We're passionate about it. We love, you know, seeing people cross that finish line with huge smiles on their faces and telling us that they had an amazing time. Um, we love bringing new people into the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as what model is best, I, I don't know what the answer is for that. As long as, you know, they're putting on quality, safe events, I think that's the model that works. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, if they can if they can make a living from it, I you know, to raise a glass to them. Um, I just don't know that we have enough people involved right now that are doing adventure races um, that could really sustain it as 
something that we could make a living from. Yeah, well, you know, they've got, you know, runs and triathlons and, you know, there's oh, that yeah. point where you, ha and I was involved in a, in the construction business with a company that tried to make that leap from small to big and, you know what, it's really hard to do. <laughs> so, yes, yes, but, it is. You know, and I think they probably and, the only one in the country that's actually doing it. Uh, yeah, you know. I think you're right. And I think, you know, that's not ever been Naira's goal. Our yeah. our mission has always been to promote the sport, um, to put on really great events, to, mm -hmm. to bring people together. Um, if, you know, people need to find teammates, you know, we, we're trying to connect people. So our, our mission is really not to make money. It's yeah. more about let's put on some really fun events, bring people out there, introduce them to the sport and get them outdoors. Yeah. And, and not lose any money. <laughs> and not lose money. <laughs> that is very important as well. Cause any money that we do make goes right back into the next race. Yeah. So, well, how many, how many races does Naira do? So this year we have nine events. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, when I say events, it's not all adventure races. Um, for instance, we have something in April called the Fool's Rogaine, and that is a Rogaine-style event, uh, both on foot and bike. And there's always a twist to it every single year. It's never the same. There's always a little uh, <laughs> kind of fun little twist. Um, we have a, a great guy named Alan Young, uh, who's a superb orienteer, um, from Hudson Valley Orienteering, who puts together that uh, event for us every year. And he somehow <laughs> has such a maniacal brain that he, he brings people out to that, and um, it gets bigger and bigger every year. Um, so that's in, that's in April. Mm -hmm. um, we have the Jersey Inferno. It's in its third year this year. It's our 12-hour event that will be in June, and um, that is being directed by two uh, new race directors, but they're no, no strangers to the sport. They're, they're actual brothers uh, that have been racing together for several years. It's John and Aaron Corain. <clears throat> and then we have the Longest Day, which is our 24-hour event, which is going to be in September of this year, um, also new race, race directors. So um, those are kind of the, the biggest events coming up. And then in between, we've got a trail series um, that's new, new for us. So we've got three trail runs. Um, navigation clinics and of course the hike song, which is, um, a hike in the woods and everybody gets a song with the Naira logo on it. <laughs> so, I fun. think, I think I've seen some, uh, media on that. <laughs> it looked like fun. Yeah. yeah. It is a fun event. So, well, how did, how did you become... The uh, all-powerful leader of Naira. <laughs> <laughs> Pure stupidity, clearly. Um, no, you, did, you didn't show I, you up know, for a meeting, right? <laughs> I, you know what? I, the problem is I was the only one that showed up for the yeah. meeting, and and, <laughs> so, and then I was left standing. Um, so I got involved, I think, the way a lot of us did um, back in the early 2000s by seeing the Eco Challenge on mm -hmm. the Discovery Channel. Uh, and, of course, that was the time when you know, things are really booming um, for adventure racing in the U.S. People were learning about it because they were seeing it on TV. And lo and behold, I went to the Internet and found Naira. And I thought, this is fantastic. So joined up, went to a few clinics, um, 
volunteered for a race, and after that first race, I just right then and there signed up for the Balance Bar 24-hour race. I had never mountain biked. I had never paddled. <laughs> I didn't have any teammates, but I just went in full speed ahead. Uh, did that race three months after first volunteering with Naira and um, was completely hooked. So that's when I knew I wanted to be part of it. Um, and then I started working behind the scenes with the Naira board at the time. And it just seemed like you know, everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, we kind of lost momentum and, and we didn't put on any races at all in t- 2004. And then come 2005, we didn't really have a strong plan. And uh, I'd never put on an event in my life. So I uh, got my good buddy, Jonathan Neely, also mm-hmm. known as the godfather of East Coast Adventure Racing, um, got him and convinced him somehow to be a race director and put together um, the longest day, which was one of Naira's events at the time. And and we just went into it and decided, hey, if we can put together a 12-hour race and it does well, that's great. If it fails, hey, at least you tried, and um, let's give it a shot. So we, yeah. we put that on in 2005, and um, it was a success. So we, we decided all right, let's put on a 24-hour event, and that was a race called the Shad, um, which also was a pretty pretty decent success, and, and we just kept going from there. Um, so Jonathan and I worked together for a couple of years, um, and, and he basically put together all the courses. I did all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and so it just kind of moved on from that point forward. Yeah. So have you guys sort of had a, a steady steady growth or at least steady since then? We actually have. Yeah, we've seen, you know, we've seen kind of people kind of come and go. Yeah. Um, but I think over the last two years in particular, we've started to see a bit more of an uptick. We're seeing mm-hmm. new people come into the sport um, and they're, they're sticking around because we had seen like people kind of coming and going and, and our numbers really re- were remaining the same. Um, now we're seeing kind of a whole influx of new faces, yeah. which is great. And I think your next question would be, where, <laughs> what is that attributed to? And, and what I'm thinking is that, you know, the, the success of so many um, obstacle races and mud runs, you know, people are looking for the next thing. What, yeah. what is the next thing? And, and the natural thing, of course, would be adventure racing. So I think that's where you know, we are seeing some more people come from that and um, hoping that, you know, there is some more of a, a trickle from that world as well. Yeah, it seems to me, I mean, I I think I've seen that the last two years because it, in 09, the last Primal Quest, it sort of, it sort of felt like a wake, kind of, like the end of yeah. an era. And then yeah. it's kind of dead for a couple of years and... and yeah, it just seems like, and a lot of people I talked to have said that too. That it everybody is kind of optimistic that adventure racing is is moving up again. So, it, it, I think I think so. It, you know, when you look at events too, like Untamed New England, and and you know what a great job that Grant Killian's done over the mm-hmm. years with that, and and you get international competition coming for it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's still very very much of a community that's eager for those kind of events um but at the same time i think you know we as race organizers we really need to cater to new adventure racers which i don't think we've done a really great job at doing that in the past but we're really 
you know, making a bigger focus on that now. Yeah, I know, um, you know, Primal Quest is doing their guided team things, which I've actually heard a lot of people are really interested to see how, how that's going to work out if that brings, you know, new people into a race like that. Because that, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty daunting yeah. if you've never done an, an adventure race to go out there and, you know, even have a clue what's going on. <laughs> so. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a scary thing to be kind of <laughs> thrown out into the middle of the woods. And mm-hmm. especially if you're, you don't have a good uh, navigator on your team and yep. you've never done this before. But I think, you know, what we've seen with, with our events and even like the Jersey Inferno, our 12 hour event, we've, we've had brand new people come out and, and do that and go all the way through. And I think part of that is, you know, our, our events are Rogaine style. So it's not like it's a, you know, point to point and it's yeah. going to take you all day to get there. You know, you've got so many different um, options in terms of, you know, what points you're going to get. Um, we, we make it so that teams that are essential beginners and have never, you know, been out and done anything like this before, they're going to make it to the finish line. And, yeah. and that's really what we want to see. We don't want to see, you know, people that <laughs> can't can't get through the race and just feel demoralized and, you know, not having a good time because they're not going to come back. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, if you make your design your races so that, you know, the, the top level people are super challenged and a beginner can go out and do it and complete it and have a great time. That's really what we're striving for. Yeah. And I've told this story several times that when my wife, when Paulette did the first adventure extreme, we picked up the maps and, and, uh, the UTMs and stuff. And as I said, we'd seen the letters UTM before, but we didn't, weren't quite sure what they were. And it took us half tonight just to figure out what they were and how to plot. So <laughs> I under, I understand where these, you know, coming from no background, how hard it could be. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, and I don't know this, but have you raced much or have you more of a behind the scene person? Um, I, you know, I don't race a whole lot, uh, mm-hmm. but I do race, and yeah. uh, I've actually raced with uh, Gold, um, okay. with, with some of my favorite gals down there, with uh, Abby Perkis and Sue Neely. So I've raced with them quite a bit. Um, and in terms of, yeah, I've never done a Naira race because I'm <laughs> always behind the scenes. Uh, last year, I had the fantastic pleasure of. Uh, racing at Untamed New England. So that was definitely a highlight. And, um, you know, I, we we had a great time, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely do that again. I, I don't get to race as much as I'd like to, but um, I, I certainly have been out there quite a bit. Yeah. I don't think you were saying what a great time it was on the, uh, on the track. <laughs> well, the, the great <laughs> thing about the track in Untamed is that we were short course, so we got to miss that part. Ah, <laughs> yeah, so that's why we had a terrific time. So we we just had like, laughs and giggles through the whole yeah. thing, and and then we heard about how horrific that section was. So so we were happy to miss it. Yeah, I think uh, the what makes if people want to know how tough it is, I think when Grant was going up to get the controls, he couldn't find anybody that would go with him. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it just sounded horrific. And, um, I mean, there were so many people that I know that 
did the race that when they came into the finish line and, and to this day, they're still talking about that section and mm-hmm. how awful it was. And these are very strong, capable people <laughs> that, wow. that have been racing for years that just, that just really killed a lot of them. But my experience was fantastic. So yeah, up there when, uh, when Jackie came out, I, I've actually been to a lot of races with, where those guys were at, and he was mad. He was like, "That is not a trekking section. I don't know what that was." <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, it's, you know what? But I'm tough. do you? You know, this is what I find with with a lot of advent, well, adventure racers and ultra, you know, athletes. That's the stuff that you remember. You remember those miserable days way more than the than the good days. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody is still talking about that. That mm-hmm. was a legendary trekking section. Um, And yes, I mean, I've seen the video. I saw how miserable it looked. Um, Team Naira, who participated in in that race, they came in 11th, and they were just, (laughs) just, I mean, I I don't even know, incredulous about about that section. They they couldn't really describe how tough it was. And... uh, you know, I think it's it's that kind of thing that you know we get out there. Um, you're you're faced with all of, all kinds of adversity, and it it really comes down to how are you going to handle it? How do you get past it? You know, you just you barrel through it. You're not going to turn around and go back down the mountain. You're going to keep going and and persevering, and and you're going to find that checkpoint. And that's I think that's the thing about adventure racing that. I love, and so many of us do, but, uh, (laughs) you know, you come across some brutal, brutal sections um, such as that in Untamed, and I think that, uh, you know, like you said, these are the things that we talk about, and the the stories, and um, I think that's one of the things that I love most of all, is just hearing everybody's stories after the race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing just to have to go through that stuff but then to have to navigate and then navigate at night it just you know it, yeah <laughs> if, if, if the normal okay i shouldn't say if the normal person but if a normal person could realize how much work that is they would have so much you know respect for what adventure racers do but you know most people can't even fathom one of those three things let alone all three at the same time absolutely and i think that's you know, and I, I've had somebody ask me, like, look, you know, you don't get paid to be, you know, yeah. part of Naira. You're, you know, I'm, I'm behind the scenes. It's, I mean, essentially, it's almost like having um, another part-time job. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that keeps me going is, is the type of people that come out for the races. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> these are the kind of people that I want to be surrounded by because, you know, they're out there just, I mean, amazing things are being done out there. They're out there, um, like you said, in the middle of the night, trying to find a little orange flag in the middle of nowhere, um, completely sleep deprived, um, you know, away from families and, and everything. And, and it's just, it's, it's just such a great community of people that come together to do all of these things. And, and I just, you know, really, really enjoy having, um, everybody that is in the adventure racing world, um, you know, come out to the races and, and doing all of 
um, the things that they do. Yeah. Well, it is such a family that, you know, that's, that's why I do this. So I can go to races and see everybody that I, all my friends, <laughs> you know, exactly. It, uh, and, uh, you know, nothing, nothing phases them. So that's cool. That's what I like. Um, so here we are in the ADD part. So you, you know, we're watching. You cut the, off there. Oh, this is the ADD part where we jump, start jumping oh. around. <laughs> um, I thought we've been in the ADD part. Well, we have, but <laughs> there's been there's been a certain uh, flow to it. But so you watch some of the early days, the eco challenges, and in, in those, is there a team or a race that you would like to go back in time and and be with? Huh. <laughs> wow. So when I got involved, you know, it was like Ian, Ad Ian Adamson mm -hmm. and Mike Closer and Robin Benincasa and Rebecca Rush. You know, yeah. those, those were my heroes. You know, that would be my dream team. If I could take those four and stick them together, I think mm -hmm. that to me would just be like all-time most awesome team in, in the world. Because, you know, again, like I came into the whole thing and, you know, there was such... There were so many amazing people out there um, that were on all the pro teams and uh, just like, you know, blew my mind from the beginning. But uh, I think those four were definitely my most influential uh, people that I would definitely put on the dream team. Yeah, I can't argue with, with any of those. <laughs> That's for certain. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, um, so... Yeah, and they're all still around doing their, their respective awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it just um, it'd be nice if we could get one or two of them back into racing again, just for for fun. Exactly. It would, be, it would be. I would. I would think that any one of those would still be, you know, a top level racer. So it would be really interesting to to see them compared to, you know, here's here's fun thing. Uh, you know, Team Nike versus uh, Technu. You know, yeah, would be, that would exactly. be fun to see. Yeah. Maybe absolutely, absolutely. Maybe, maybe we got a we got some sort of a game here we can come up with. <laughs> an app. That would we'll be make great. An app. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, since you're sort of what we'll call old school, what's the biggest change you've seen? To make this two part, what's what's the one biggest change you've seen in? 10 years running Naira and what's the biggest uh, gear improvement or change that you've seen? And and you, you broke up in the first questions. I couldn't hear what the, it was something about the last 10 years. Um, and then I didn't shut my phone off. So <laughs> there, I'm, uh, you know, I put the F in professional. Um, no, what's the, what's the one biggest thing you've change you've seen in adventure racing and then what's the biggest um gear change you've seen equipment change you know i think the biggest thing is i mean i think in the beginning you know it was it was always you, you'd arrive if it was like a 12-hour race it just seemed like there were so many more um details that were left up to like kind of the race organizers um and now it's become you know, they put more of it onto the racers now. So, for instance, what, I'm, what I mean is you'd go to a 12-hour race that would start on a Saturday, but you'd have to arrive, say, late 
you know, or afternoon on Friday because there'd be these intense gear checks. Mm -hmm. And then if there was a rope section, you'd have to prove that you were qualified to be on ropes. And then, you know, all these steps that you had to go through in in a 12-hour race and, you know, really like show every bit of your equipment and that you were you know, that you had every single piece and boy, if you didn't, you'd still have time to go to the store and get, you know, another headlamp or whatever it was that was required here. Now it's, you know, and Naira used to do that too. And it was just one of those things that was part of the races. And now we kind of, you know, you zip in Saturday morning, you know, you better have all the required gear because if we happen to stop you and ask for it and yeah. if you don't have it, then that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. So it's just like things like that, you know, it's, it's really put much more responsibility on to the, to the racer to just like do it. This is what you need to have. Go out, be safe, go. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we've really seen change. And, um, and I, I like that. Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, your second question was equipment. What's the biggest equipment? Yeah. Huh. Well, I think the basics are all still really there. Yeah. Um, you know, we it's it's not like it's a you know, a whole lot of things have changed, but you know, like early on when I was there we we were doing things like rollerblading and scooters yeah. and <laughs> so <laughs> those really um kinda of were phased out, which yeah. I'm happy about. And and now we're seeing more equipment phase in, um, for instance, uh, pack rafts, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, I think, you know, pack rafting just offers more options for uh, race organizers to have paddle sections where, you, you know, you normally wouldn't be able to get a whole fleet of boats. So, you know, maybe we'll be seeing more of that. But I think, you know, pack rafts are, are pretty awesome to have. Um and, you know, there's so many different kinds, which which are really kind of coming more and more into the market. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Um, but, you know, I think pack rafts are definitely a, a way to go so, in the future. Yeah, that, that's cool. So you're, you know, you're talking about gear checks. It reminded me when I, I'm dating myself, but when I did my first Ironman in 1982, they required you to. They required you to have a doctor's certificate that you weren't going to die. <laughs> nice, exactly, exactly. So just so. things like that that now are like, well, hey, you signed the waiver. Yep. <laughs> we hope that you're you're supposed to be here. So yeah, that's that. Well, yeah, you know, and the other thing that I like is um, for gear check is the way the Identibike does it. They there's no mandatory gear. But they make you camp out with your gear the night before the race. Yeah. So, you know what? Yeah. If you want to be miserable all night, they don't care. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. That that's cool. So, um, so what is your? Are, what are you doing this year? Are you racing? Putting on races? Supervising? <laughs> yeah. All so, of the uh, above. <laughs> all of the above. I have. Um, well, I'm hoping to race them this year. I I haven't put together any team, or I don't have a, a list of dream races yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I do have a lot of behind the scenes Naira work that uh, I'm still working on now. And you know, in addition to um, that, we've also got our team Naira which, you know, we'll probably see them out a lot more this year than you'll see me. Um, and, you know, several of them are also based in here in Colorado as yeah. well. So 
people see Team Naira out doing races in the West and then also um, more of the team on the East Coast too. So, yeah, I know they were at – I think I think the team made three of my top 50 pitchers of the year, which actually turned out to be 74 of the year. But So pitchers from uh, North America to Adventure Race Championship, so – that's right. Then they are the champions. So we're very, very proud of them. And not only the champions, but they're so photogenic and probably the best looking adventure racing team out there I, by far. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, if we strive for really anything. Photographer. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah if we're not yeah. going to be, we've got to be the best and, and we also want to be the best looking. So, yeah. So. Um, I will tell you that you should you should institute one rule for your team. No, Uh-oh. no thumbs up when they're racing. No thumbs up. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> well, Chris I think it's just indication that they're feeling good. Yeah, but it ruins such good pictures. Chris, I don't know if you know Chris Radcliffe. He's a photographer from the East Coast. Done a lot of stuff. I I, I know of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's our it's our pet peeve. So. So of course, anytime I go anywhere, I send them a picture of my thumb. But you know, that's because I'm me. <laughs> well, at our next team Naira uh, meeting, I'm I'll be sure to put that on the agenda. Okay. No thumbs up, guys. No thumbs up. Especially if Randy's there, to not give him yeah. a thumbs up. Well, Chris and Chris and I'll be at. Cowboy it's better than giving you the finger, though, right? You know what? I'm not sure it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be different. Well, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe. That's, you know that's what? what we'll do from now on. I think Team Naira should, one of them should always, at least once, give me and Chris the finger. So, I think I will, that is completely doable. We will take we will take that in the spirit that we started. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's just indicating that we're number one. Exactly. There's exactly that. So, um Let's see what else did I was I thinking about? You know, it would, if I would take notes or something when I thought about it, this could be more professional. But if I ever do one that's professional, then people would expect it all the time. So I'm not. I don't want to. Start Why start that. now? Exactly. So, um, okay. Here's here's a hard question, and I think Uh-oh. I think this. <laughs> I, a lot of times, this is my last question. So. But then I ask it, and then I think of something else. But so, if you're racing, let's say you're doing Cowboy Tough, and which I'd love to. Okay, so that's July. Let's say you started packing next week, because that's what adventure. Oh boy! Do. Would you still be packing the night before you left? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I am never the one that's packing the week or two before. I don't yeah. understand that. I don't want to look at here strewn about I, I don't want to even think about it um now meanwhile i'm also the one that you know it's the day before i'm packing and then i realize i don't have five or six items so now i'm also the person that's calling my other friend that i know would be doing probably tough and saying hey can you bring me i need a whistle i need, <laughs> I need you know yeah. um some tubes i need this and that and the other so uh, yeah, that's that's me, and and it's it pains me that I, I do that, but I I do. It's just a terrible habit. I'm not going to say I'm going to get better at it because I probably won't. Well, it's the correct answer because there's only been one person that said no, 
And that was Mark, that was Mark Latanzi, and he said, "Because I always have a bag ready, I can you can call me at ten o'clock on Friday night, and I can I can be there Saturday morning to race." <laughs> so that's but, why Mark Latanzi is just so much better than all of us. He's, he's just he's always ready to go. There is there is that. That's a good reason, and he's yeah, and he taught prof- ballroom dancing professionally. Well, so, yep. You know, I mean, I think when uh, when Naira and we have our next race and we have the ballroom dancing section, he'll mm-hmm. probably prevail. He might. So, okay, see, now that what I said, I'd, I'd come up with another question. What's, <laughs> what's something about you that your teammates don't know? Oh, Because you know I think how they it probably... is. Teammates know everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they, they do know everything. And, in fact... You know, when you've got hours and hours together in the woods and, you know, you're, you've got certain things that you need to do in the woods with your teammates, like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to relieve yourself. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of things there that uh, are personal that yep. you just kind of let everybody know. But I don't know if I have any secrets from, <laughs> from my teammates. I mean, they've, they've seen me at my most vulnerable and, and weak points. Um, they've seen me at some kind of like manic points and, and everything in between. So I don't really know if I have an answer for you there, Randy. It's uh, <laughs> kind of a, it, it, once you're out there with them long enough, it's just everything's out on the table. And I think it kind of has to be that way. You can't, um, you can't just kind of uh, <laughs> keep things kind of hidden. I mean, of course we all have our personal lives and whatnot, but um you know, when you're with your teammates, you, you need to trust them fully. So I think pretty yeah. deep friendships yeah. are built around that. And quickly also, I think. Um, I mean, I've been out, you know, hook up with a team on course. And in 10 minutes, you're, you know, maybe telling the raunchiest jokes that you'd only tell your, you know, your childhood friends you know for 10 <laughs> years. or, or yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah. Is it just the shared that you're sharing something that nobody else does, or what do you think? Why do you think that is? Because it's it happens a lot. I think it's I think adventure racers are just raunchy. I yeah. think that's it. I don't know why, but it is. You're right. It's like you get out there, and it is just. I mean, the X-rated jokes like start off right away. I don't know what happens, yeah. but. Uh, you know, I think if you're going to be out there too, you just kind of have to keep an open mind and yep. <laughs> not be offended. Um, on teams uh, this past year, my teammates were, um, you know, just as just as raunchy as, as the rest of them, and uh-huh. it was it was fun and and we had a really good time, lots of good laughs, and uh, yeah, that seems to happen. And, and I'm glad to hear you say it, and then we don't feel like it was just us. No, I don't think it is. So I will it. I will add this. Um, I will have a Pepsi for the first person that asked me about the conductor next race that I'm at, because <laughs> it's it's a it's a joke that takes about an hour to tell. Oh so. God! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a good one. I once I once did a marathon with a friend of mine, and she was really hurting, and so I started telling the joke, and it actually took from I think I told it from mile 19 to like 24. And all of a sudden, she's like, "We're almost done." So, yeah, um, but, it's great like um, that because then yeah. you know you're hurting and and you're 
your teammates can just kind of talk or joke your way through um, just to bring you along. That's that's perfect. Great distraction. Here's here's one more sort of serious question. How do you, how do you grow the sport? Huh? How's that for a simple serious question? <laughs> That's I know. Gosh, you know, and I I actually think about it quite a bit. I mm-hmm. I really do. Um I mean, I think to grow the sport, you know, it's like we were just discussing earlier. It's got to be adventure racing has to be accessible. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that really holds people back is the navigation side of things. Because yeah. if you give people a marked course and it's just mountain biking and paddling in a foot section, people can get through it. Because you look at the old high-tech series or balance bar sprints, there would be hundreds of teams of three that would come out to those races. And, I mean, it was, it was mind-boggling to have, you know, all of these people that were so into it but there really wasn't any navigation. So I really am starting to think like, you know what, maybe we go back to that high techs or, or balance bar model and, you know, bring people into it that way, make it a marked course, get them out there, let them have fun. And then they graduate into navigating into, into another race. It's like a six hour where they do navigate, but it's, it seems to be, that one element just seems to like kind of hold people back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, have you guys ever thought about? And I know this is a can of worms, but GPSs in races. You know, we we haven't really. Um, it's just because that's just one of those. You still have adventure to racing no nos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a whole other thing. There's more electronics, but I feel like, you know, let's at least stay traditional in yeah. the sense that. There is no GPS. I'd rather have people um, go through a marked course and use GPS at this point. Um, But, you know, if we can introduce them slowly and show them that, you know, navigating is not this terrible, horrible, scary thing. It's actually fun. Now, this is coming from someone who's just completely miserable when it comes to navigation. (laughs) But um, (laughs) it's. I think that's the one thing that, you know, once people realize, oh, hey, this is a, a really fun thing. You know, orienteering is a great sport. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people should really get out there and do it. It's so huge in Europe. Um, I think it would be great if it were bigger here and people were doing it more often. But, yeah. you know, I think if we can just get some people to learn have fun, yeah. slowly introduce them to a map and compass, you know, we could probably grow the sport a lot more than, than it has been. All right. Well, I will I will give you my thought, and you can maybe you can run with it. But I've yeah. I've kind of had this thought before of what if you did an adventure race, but all they had to do was go ten miles east, and they'll hit, they'd hit a road, and once they got to the road, they you know then there's a checkpoint they could find. If you had such a big landmark or a lake that it was impossible to miss. <laughs> So I've always wondered if that I might mean, help people. It could, but I think also when, when you say it's impossible to miss, it's it's amazing no, how many times <laughs> people just miss and miss and miss. And uh, you, you just can't even believe sometimes how far off course um, people can go. So, um, and, and well, myself included, I have yeah. gone way off course. But uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 
it's, it's, not it's even, one of those things yeah. you just can't guarantee that they're going to actually make it there. You know, it's not even going off course. I put out a mountain bike race one time, and I watched a guy go around a 30-yard ribbon that had a trail closed. You know, came up yeah. to it, stopped, went 30 yards around it, and kept going. So <laughs> never underestimate, <Yep>. never overestimate <laughs> exactly. people. So Absolutely. But, so. Well, cool. This has been fun. It's been interesting. It has been fun. It has so, been fun. Um, anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? No, my childhood. Okay. But so, you know, did you, <laughs> That'll you be know, another podcast. Yeah, so. you know, you were a latchkey kid, and you came home, and nobody was there. And, I so. know, just lonely and so I, uh, my, my story, when I had chicken pox, my mom came home from work to check on me and I had lunch made for her. She still feels guilty about it. Nice. <laughs> so, all right, well, I'm going to let you do whatever you need to do. I was going to go out, but now we're having a little snow shower, so I'll have to decide whether to we, take you, chill you out or not. Yeah, we should be getting, we'll be getting a little bit of snow here in Denver soon too, yeah. so... uh yeah. Enjoy enjoy your little snow, and, and we'll do the same here. All right. Well, end all, all the episodes by telling people to go fast and take chances and, you know, go join Naira. Apparently, you don't have to live and in New course, York anymore. <laughs> you don't have to live in New York, but you do need to go to Naira.org, and that's N-Y-A-R-A dot O-R-G. Okay. We'll put put links in the show notes and uh, you know anything anything you want us to link to send them to me and i'll put them in the show notes so people can find them okay we will do all right well thanks all right thank you randy all right bye bye